Today, we're talking about Rashad Torrance the second, the potential addition of Ricky Pearsall through the transfer portal, and we'll wrap up by answering those two basketball mailbag questions I had from yesterday's show, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with whole nine sports before getting into today's content. Just ask you a like, subscribe, leave a comment, review. Let me know what you think of this show. Let me know how I can make it better. Getting into today's content, uh, we're talking about Rashad Torrance a second, and I kept it pretty vague because uh, I got a DM yesterday morning while I was at work uh, from from someone named Shane, um, and it, it was a long DM, so I'm going to paraphrase, but basically it said, you're high on Rashad Torrance, uh, most Gators fans online disagree, he's out of position, takes poor angles, poor tackling, uh, might, even, not, might not even be the best safety on the team. Uh, he also brought up that the guys at Swamp 24-7 left him off their list of guys who could potentially be drafted after this year. Um, and I told Shane, the person who sent me the DM, that I would cover it on the show uh, and that I would answer it in this segment. I did also respond to him in DM, but yeah, I, I said that I answer in this segment. So I was like, hey, let's get into it. Um, because I, I feel like that's a, a kind of common sentiment when I when I talk about Rashad Torrance II, I feel like there are quite a few comments about, mm, I, don't, I don't agree with that, uh, which is, it's fair, but, and I'll also start off by saying that um, I won't speak for, and I can't speak for, uh, the people with Swamp 24-7, um, or any other outlet, and I'm also not really going to bash their opinion or anything like that i that that's just not what i do um so i'm kind of gonna bypass that part Uh, i will say that apart from that um you know primarily saying when shane said uh most gators fans online disagree about rashad torrance being a a very good safety um i i don't know how you can watch the 2021 florida gators football team watch that defense, specifically watching the secondary, and come away with the analysis that Rashad Torrance II isn't or wasn't a good safety last season, um, or that he's not the best safety on the team, which is also, by the way, super weird, because I like both Rashad Torrance II and Trey Dean III, and I feel like any time that I compliment either of them, um, it's always the other one so much better. And it's, it's like, okay, Gators, Gator Nation, figure it out. <laughs> like, like, who do you like? Who do you hate? Figure it out. Because if I compliment Rashad Torrance a second, then the trading people come out and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Rashad Torrance is not as good as trading. If I compliment trading, then it's whoa, 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 whoa. Trading is not as good as Rashad Torrance. Here's the thing. I don't care who's better. I think we have two very talented safeties on this roster right now, and I'm I'm going to be happy about that. 
don't, don't nothing else matters to me at that point. Um, but I do wish that there wasn't like a copyright issue with YouTube or I, I'd pull up the film and I'd show you the film, but I don't own the film, so I can't do that. Um, but Rashad Torrance II was asked to do a lot with the 2021 Florida Gators. And I don't think many people notice that or recognize that, or maybe just don't want to acknowledge how difficult it is. But, uh, you know, Rashawn Torrance played the most snaps on the entirety of the defense, which I get you could chalk up to injuries and exhaustion or whatever. Uh, but he played the most snaps on the defense. That's a fact. Uh, he was the only player that played 150 snaps in three or more positional alignments, meaning... Uh, in this case, he played over 150 snaps in the box, in the slot, at the free safety spot. So just all over there. Um, he was the only player to do that. So an incredibly versatile piece who, who moved around the defense. And it's in, it's just so obvious and so easy to say. You could look at the numbers and see that one. Um, so there's that. And also, I don't know who here has ever played in a defensive secondary. I don't care what you were listed as, safety corner db i don't care um it is incredibly hard to constantly rotate where you're aligned and, and what your responsibility is. It, is it is very difficult so i will give him extra credit for that um i i also i don't really know where the the poor tackling argument comes from i mean look he's not the best tackler he's not but uh relative to the how do I put this? Um, relative to the rest of the Florida Gators defensive players that played significant snaps, he was one of the more reliable on the team uh, in terms of just straight up actually finishing the tackle um, or sorry, making the tackle. I don't want to say finishing because that implies like maybe he's just coming in and shoving someone, uh, but in terms of making the tackle. So I don't really get where that goes. So volume wise, and efficiency-wise, Rashad Torrance II is one of the better tacklers on this Florida Gators defense. Um, and and, he, and he's also a playmaker that, that does it all. You know, he obviously, you all know this, uh, he led the team in interceptions. He was one of the lesser targeted defensive backs across the entire team. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't get it out. And I'd imagine that next year we see both him or, well, this year in, in five months now, um, four months, woof, uh, that we see both Rashad Torrance II and Trey Dean III take significant steps, primarily because in this defense, I think we're going to see players properly utilized or utilized in the ideal situation for them. So I think that we see Rashad Torrance II play a lot more of that, uh, a lot more of that deep safety role. Uh, I think that we see Trey Dean play a lot more of that box safety or even slot role. Um, I, I think that that's where they'd be best utilized, and and I think that's where they will be utilized this year. Because also you have to consider last year, it's very difficult to evaluate um, the player in their ideal defense because it's just it, it was so difficult to see them and so rare to see them in their proper assignment in the sense of like to see them in their assignment that they should have been in that plays to their strengths um so there's that but also yeah with the Rashad Torrance thing he also played one of his best games of the season against the team that won the national championship in Georgia 
Um, I mean, he also played a phenomenal game against Vanderbilt, so he just played great. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just weird where I I don't get it because I I get the trading argument. I get when people make the argument. I disagree with it, but I understand it more than I understand the Rashad Torrance's second argument. I don't think there's an argument to be had there. Um, I, I think he's incredibly talented. I think he'll prove that this year, and that's kind of all I have to say. Like I I don't know when I watch him play, and I think i'm pretty solid at evaluating safeties uh when i watch him play i see an nfl safety i see a very talented nfl safety so i don't know what it is but i mean we're just we're at different points i guess on the evaluation of rashad torrance the second we're about to talk about ricky pearsall but first i'm gonna talk to you guys about bill bar because it is past spring break time it is almost summertime it, it is it's time it's time to get in shape and if you're gonna try to do that use built bar just, just add built bar to your diet add built bar to your plan i i could include it as a snack because well i i like to snack when i'm home and i'm home all the time and i have a really bad sweet tooth but built bar is coated in 100 chocolate most bars have 130 calories just four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. You could throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's and the Destroy, the Kit Kat and the Cupboard, the whatever and the wherever. I don't care. I don't know your house. I don't know what furniture you have, so I'm not going to say that, but you know, it is what it is. Bill Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors too, so you will never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or Built Bar. Com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking about Ricky Pearsall now. Um, obviously, we spent a little bit of time talking about Ricky Pearsall already. We talked about him pretty much, I believe it was the day after he entered the portal, uh, that we talked about him possibly coming to Florida. He had a visit set up with the Gators. And now we're going to take just, I don't even want to say a little bit more of an in-depth look here, but... uh. We're going to take a better look at the impact he could have with the Florida Gators. Um, Ricky Pearsall is, of course, versatile inside-out receiver. He's capable of contributing both as a runner and as a receiver, and that that's important to have, especially in an offense where they want to run the ball, they want to get creative with things. So Ricky Pearsall being able to do a lot helps. Um, you know, with Arizona State, we didn't really see him contribute as much as a runner where we didn't get to see him contribute uh, as a runner i guess the word would be in a large sample size but the the few opportunities he had um he did find some success and some consistent success in that time in the opportunities given at arizona state florida i i feel like we've spent this entire offseason going we need to find the deep threat we need to find the field stretcher a vertical threat whatever you want to call it vertical receiver i don't care what term you want to use? Uh, dynamic playmaker has been something that we've used, but that one, I mean, we've, we've been using since Kadarius left, and we tried using it for Jacob Copeland last year. And I stand by my by my uh, position that I think Jacob Copeland could have been an insane receiver if he just got fed the ball. Um, he was just he he was one of those guys where getting open on his own wasn't really a, a super strength right now. But if you got in the ball on his hands, he can make some plays. Um, but just looking back at last season, 48.8% of Ricky Pearsall's receiving yards last season came after the catch. 
and if if you want to compare that to other Florida Gators wide receivers from last season that are still on the team, Justin Shorter, 24.3%. So Ricky Pearsall, more than double that percentage. Xavier Henderson, 31.4%. Not more than double, but more, significantly more, obviously. Um, Sorry, it's, it's 1.30 in the morning here. I cannot do the math that quick off the top of my head. Uh, Trent Whitmore, 50.9%. So Trent Whitmore, Higher percentage of his yards after the catch makes sense. A lot of screens. Um, Jamarcus Weston, 38.2%, so about 10.6% lower than Ricky Pearsall. Jaquavion Frazier's 22.9%. So again, Ricky Pearsall, more than double that. Marcus Burke, 34.2%. Um, Marcus Burke, of course, only played in three games. So do with that what you will um, with, with how you want to weigh that sample uh but that means that there was one florida gators receiver from last season that had a higher percentage of their receiving yards after the catch than ricky pearsall and i know that that doesn't make it seem like oh like we need that but it's it's something that's very nice to have someone who who can create with the ball in their hands someone who can already stretch the field as it is just using his vertical speed but then also having the dynamic playmaking ability to create extra yards after catch i mean look when florida had that 2020 season that was insane with kyle pitts Kadarius tony trevon grimes kyle trask um one of the biggest i don't even want to say selling points uh one of the most overlooked aspects was Kadarius Tony had an insane statistical season, but a lot of his touches, a lot of his yards came after the catch. It was about creating extra plays out of nothing. And you look at the modern day uh, era of offense, and the game plan for a lot of teams is kind of get the ball to your playmakers in space and let them create a play. That's kind of the game plan here with Ricky Pearsall. If you get him, just get him the ball in whatever way you can and let him make plays in space. Um, Ricky Pearsall, like I mentioned, is an inside-out receiver. And typically when we've been talking about Justin Shorter, when we've been talking about Xavier Henderson, we haven't really talked about them as inside-out receivers because we pretty much just say they're big-ish Dudes, I mean, Justin Shorter is obviously 6'5", 235, I believe. Uh, Xavier Henderson is 6'3", 195. So obviously, they're, they're still big guys, but we generally think of taller players as the outside receivers. But Xavier Henderson last year played, I believe it was 42% of his snaps from inside the slot. And under Louisiana with Billy Napier, um, his primary slot receiver last year was Jalen Williams, who's the same height as Xavier Henderson and 25 pounds heavier than Xavier Henderson. Uh, so at 6'1", 200 pounds, Ricky Pearsall could be the inside-out guy because, I mean, 6'1", 200 is fine size for the outside. It's fine size for the inside. We know he's athletic enough to play inside. We know he's got enough vertical speed to challenge deep down the sideline to play outside. So Ricky Pearsall joining Maybe we don't see Justin Shorter play the slot more than he did last year, but it allows Xavier Henderson to work in the slot. It allows Trent Whittemore to stay in the slot. It allows uh, Ricky Pearsall to go out wide or in the slot. And it uh, it it opens up this whole new part, part of the offense where we go, 
we're just going to move people around. You don't know where they're going to be lined up pre-snap. And guess what? Even when you do see them lined up pre-snap, they're going to go in motion and confuse you and force you to think. And so I think having someone like Ricky Pearsall, especially having Ricky Pearsall go in motion frequently, opens up a lot for this offense. Even if it's a, a fake handoff to him, fake handoff to the running back, throw it deep down the sideline to Ricky Pearsall. I don't care what you're doing. Just get creative and have fun. Uh, Ricky Pearsall has named his final three. It is Florida, Auburn, and Oregon. Um, I, I gotta say Auburn and Oregon are not teams that I, if I'm a receiver, I'm going to go, those seem fun. Granted, Florida is not ideal either, but at least I'm saying, well, there's stability on the offensive play calling side and a quarterback with a bazooka for an arm. So we could go with those. Um, but we, we will see where Ricky Pearsall decides to go. Hopefully it's Florida. I want him in Gainesville. I know a lot of people listening want him in Gainesville, and so let's hope we make it happen. We're about to get into basketball to wrap up today's show, but first I'm going to talk to you guys about Rock Auto because today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models. It is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't know what it is. I don't even know who makes that. I don't know anything about it. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. That's pretty expensive. Hmm? I'm not cool with that. You have computers, you have phones, you, whatever you're listening to this on, uh, you that means you have access to rockauto.com at home, in your pocket, whatever, save time and money. You, when you use Rock Auto, go explore their easy to use website that even I can use. And I, I'm telling like if I could use it, it, it's fantastic for you. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know exactly who sent you with amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com to wrap up today's show like i said we are talking about basketball uh yesterday we did a twitter tuesday twitter mailbag i don't care whatever you want to call it and we got actually way more questions than I anticipated. Um, but we also got two basketball questions and, you know, every other question was football. So I was like, I'm just going to do the football in one episode. We'll talk about the basketball today's episode. So that's what we're doing. Um, there are two questions. The first one is, what are my expectations for the Gators this season? Um, it's a little hard to say for this one because the roster isn't 100% finalized. So it's kind of hard for me to say. They should win this many games. They should win that many games. And it's different even when we talk about football because with football, a lot of the transfer portal guys coming in are depth players. Here, we don't know if we're looking for a starting guard or if someone's going to play the starting guard and become the starting guard if they transfer in or or really what. So it's it's hard for me to say they should win the X amount of games. Um, I will say that I expect from the 2022 Florida Gators men's basketball team much more than we got from the 2021 men's basketball team, um, which I, I don't think that's asking for much because I think the 2021 team was, um, what's a word I could say here without being offensive? Um, trash, primarily because of coaching and just wildly inconsistent players continuing to get time. Look like Myron Jones, I love you but you are one of the most inconsistent basketball players I've ever seen. 
Tyree Appleby, I love you, but you are one of the most inconsistent basketball players I've ever seen. So it's it's things like that where that won't happen. You know, when we when you look at analytics based, a lot of what you're looking at is efficiency. So if you are a consistently inefficient player, you're going to find yourself on the bench. Um, I also think that this year we're going to see a much more up-tempo program in Gainesville, and I think that's going to help a ton because teams would kind of just go make them run, and and they're done for because they can't score as consistently. Uh, so I think that's something where we're not going to have to worry about that this year because Todd Golden himself is going to want to push the tempo a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to see 400 shots from Florida every night. But we're going to see more than we saw last year. Also, we will see more shots because hopefully, or we will hopefully see more shots because hopefully less turnovers obviously lead to more shots. Yay! Um, the other question was, does Colin Castleton have an NBA future? Which is like kind of a jerk question to ask. Um, but, and, and I've talked about this on the show before. I'm torn on this because... I've said it before. Uh, Colin Castleton is just not the type of player that goes high in the NBA draft. You know, you look at uh, Armando Baycott from North Carolina. He's someone who thoroughly dominated everybody, especially towards the tail end of the season. And he, he ended up coming back to North Carolina. Of course, he was like, oh, job's not finished, NIL, whatever. Um, fact of the matter is he'd make more money playing this college year than he would in the NBA because he'd probably be a late second round pick if he got drafted at all because as dominant as Armando Baycott is and as dominant as Oscar Shibwe was and as dominant as Colin Castleton was um that kind of big just isn't as relevant or prevalent in today's NBA you know you gotta shoot the three you gotta be able to be a ball handler and those guys are not that as cool as it is to be that that hustle rebound guy that's just not something where NBA teams are going to heavily invest in you. Um, but And also with Colin Castleton, he'd already be older than most of his prospects in the class. Um, but but at the same time, or on, on the flip side, I guess, um, you can't convince me that Colin Castleton can't play in the modern-day NBA despite his skill set not being an ideal fit because if Kevon Looney and Isaiah Stewart, who I love them both, but if, if they are starting centers in the modern-day NBA, you cannot convince me that Colin Castleton couldn't at least be a role player or make an NBA roster at some point. Like That's just not something you're ever going to be able to convince me of. So I don't know if he does have an NBA future. I think he should have an NBA future, um, but only time will tell. I, I really I want to see him come back into this season with a jump shot and just just that that answers so many questions for him so maybe um we'll we'll see what happens but i i think if he gets a shot he's going to find at least moderate success thanks for making lockdown get your first listen of the day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast we'll be back tomorrow with more on your florida gators now make your second listen lockdown nfl draft Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every single day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports, and I'll see you all tomorrow.